Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome back to our Thursday Night Live. This is Peter. Yo, what's up everyone? Good to see you again. Frankie here. All right. Is the light a little bit darker? Can you see us? Uh, okay, mm. can I? Can I? Huh? Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, Peter is back. Welcome back, man. Yeah. Yeah, last week you were not around. Oh yeah, it was last week, right? Last week, last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Last mm. week, last week I was having a meeting until late night. So yeah. couldn't make it back in time. But nonetheless, they are not here to hear about ourselves. They are here to hear about what happened yeah. to all the banks, right? Oh yeah. La- last week we talked about we talk about it, but we only um concentrate on one bank, uh, SVB bank. Uh today we're gonna talk about something bigger. Something mm-hmm. bigger that could have a contagion effect to other banks around the world. So this one very, very scary. So actually, over the weeks, over the past one, uh, one, one two week. weeks, one mm. week, right? Uh, a lot of things has happened. Uh, I think, namely for one, a lot of people who invested in crypto, especially Bitcoin, are oh, very happy. Very happy. Yes. Yeah. From twenty. 20. 20, all 20. 24, like that at one point. Yeah, uh-huh. stable around there. Correct. And now it's at about 28, man. Whoa. Which is wow, it just stayed there. And Looks like it's going to go up all the way to 30 already. Yes, that's right. Yeah, in fact, yesterday we just had a very, very long conversation also. And yesterday mm. night we had some conversation with different bankers and mm. so on. And we were talking about the banking system itself and where is it heading to right now. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, I have to say some <laughs> of the things that we have talked about. Uh, over the past few days, can be rather grim-ish. Yeah, so much so that you had a nightmare last night, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a nightmare last night. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it scares me. Yeah. But let us not go too deep and too far into that level, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see how things turn out, right? I think the first question that a lot of people will be asking is what's been happening? Because the thing that catches the headline on Monday itself was the very fact mm. that Credit Suisse change certain banking rules, right? Or I would say literally it's a corporate rule that they have changed mm. or, or the whole finance rule that they have changed that shocked the world. Yeah. And um, this is where it kind of made cryptocurrency kind of hold on at that level at this point. And what happened was because of all this fear about banking right now for the first time that I've seen USDT is stabling at about 1.01. Now, even though it's only one cent difference, but this means a lot to the financial world. It's because if you think about it, USDT is supposed to be at $1. One US, real US dollar should equal to one USDT. But since all this banking crisis happened, it has gone up a little bit by one cent. So it has been trading at 1.01 since 14th of March, if I'm not mistaken, until today it is still holding pretty well over there. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so the thing that we want to talk about here today is actually a very, very serious topic, although we may sound like we are, you know, like laughing about it and stuff like that, but um, it is actually a very, very serious topic. Mm. And uh, we want you guys, as you listen to it, process it for yourself and think about what are the consequences and Mm. how it can affect you and what you should do with your money. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time, uh, really 
in fact, I would say pray. Because <laughs> there's really nothing much we can do as well because it's kind of out of our control. Mm. But I would say that at the worst circumstances, it, it could lead to even war, I would say, right? Yeah, that would be yeah. very worst that case would be scenario. That the worst case scenario. Correct. Yeah, but on a, on a less bad side of things, it would mean a whole transformation. Mm. Yeah. But either way, I think textbook has to be rewritten. Yeah, textbook has to be re- rewritten. Like, like literally, you need textbook. I'm, I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah, but that's what we're gonna talk about. Yes, correct. Yeah. So if you are all ears and you're ready for this, uh, please type one for us in the comments so that we'll go straight into it. Mm. Now, let us unfold the whole situation as uh, we get people's response and stuff like that. And along the way, if you have any questions, please type it down as well. Now, let's just start by unfolding all the situations that has been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it all began with uh, Silicon Valley Bank, which was talked about by Frankie last week, right? Uh, it started because there was this bank run going on in Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, $42 billion was withdrawn uh, in just one day. And what happened was that they didn't have enough money because their money were invested into bonds and because uh, Feds were increasing interest rates so high, they had to sell their bonds at a loss, which triggered further alarm and made people keep going and withdraw and then they realized they really have no money. Mm. Now, then it comes down to the next part, which is because of that, people got afraid and people started panicking and therefore they started going to other banks where they feel that it could be unsafe and started withdrawing money. Yeah, and that was how this whole banking collapse mm. was triggered. Yeah, mm. basically, it's just a bunch of people doing bank runs. Yep. Yeah. What does it mean? It simply means that people lost confidence in the financial system. Now, for those of you who do not understand how the financial system works, the financial system works in a fractional banking method. Yeah, and not just on the fractional side, but what they were allowed to do with that money. Mm. Yeah was to do investment. And some of these banks tend to pursue high-risk investment. So, Frankie, you want to share a little bit more about it? Like, uh, in terms of all these banks using this money and doing investment, wouldn't the regulations already know? Isn't there any rules to set? Like, the Feds or, like, their central bank, shouldn't they be governing this whole issue? Mm, yes, actually, God. Um, in fact, uh, if you still recall, after the 2008 financial crisis, uh, during that time, the president was Barack Obama. He and the Fed chairman during that time came out to say that, okay, you guys, bankers, you just know how to earn money. You don't know how to manage risk. If you don't know how to manage, I manage it for you. So you follow this rule. The rule is that you have to always set aside a certain amount of money that you cannot invest or loan it out. It has to be kept as a buffer in your bank. In case things like what happened in the past few weeks happen, then you can use this buffer cash to come and uh, support your daily operation. Well, since then, thing has been doing quite well, as, as we all experienced from 2008 all the way until one, two years ago, stock market has been going up, banking system is very stable, people are very confident with the bank. Now, then we have a very funny US president called Donald Trump. <laughs> he said, America must unleash their potential, their full potential. And therefore, the way to do it is to unleash our banking system. and uh, Let it out. Yeah, let it out. <laughs> but he also acknowledged that if you do it too much, then you may, you may lead to 
history to happen again. Mm. So what he did was he said, okay, big banks, you all are too big to fail. So you all have to follow the strict rules. But for banks that have less than 250 billion asset, then I will from now on examine the rule that you have to comply with the minimum uh, cash requirement that you have to keep in the bank. Oh, good news. So all these smaller banks got excited, right? Yes, now I can make the most money out of it. So they started to take more cash from their buffer and started to make more investments, giving out more loans and things like that. And things was working in the US favor because as we can see, for the past few years since Donald Trump became president, every year the US stock market always <laughs> hit record high, right? And bankers, of course, they made a lot of money. They were all very happy. So that was the backdrop um, to brew this crisis. Yep, yep. So that very rule that is supposed to uh, help to create more money in the financial system to boost the economy actually turned out to harm the people in the end. Yes, Right. correct. So uh, the idea here is very simple, right? That these people who are so-called the government and regulation who are supposed to be protecting the people's money actually kind of set some interesting rules that allow funny things to happen. (laughs) And the best part is, even when you look at SVB, they actually did mention that they lost money. But it was in their footnotes, right? Mm. And and it's it was kind of like for any normal people, you wouldn't go and read the footnotes, put it this way, especially normal regular retail investors and people who are putting their money there. Because Mm. the Truth is, you just won't read it because you are not sophisticated enough. Or yeah. I mean, even if you're sophisticated, you may not. And that's why there's a rule that protects you from sophisticated investment, right? Supposedly. Mm. That's why SC also have that rule um, set in Malaysia. So for all these sophisticated products, you need to be sophisticated enough to invest. And they will always do KYC on you to prove that you are sophisticated. Then only they allow you to access to these kind of products. Yeah. But when it comes to protecting the people, it doesn't seem like they protect the not-so-sophisticated people. Ah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This time around, I, I have to say, it, it really almost felt like they screwed them over, you know? Yeah. That's number one. Now, number two, right? Because these smaller banks, as they were, because they are smaller as well, and they take their money and invest, and this kind of investment that they make were also guided by the Fed. Mm. Ah, because these investment banks don't simply make investment out of the blue, right? Mm. And in fact, they weren't investing in something very, very risky. They were, mm. inve- they were investing in bonds, man. You were yeah. investing in bonds. Treasury bonds. Yeah. Right? And they invested it because during that time, the Fed said, we're not going to increase their interest rate that much. You know, we're just going to chill. You know, you can ensure that we're going to try to boost the economy, stuff like that. So, okay, la, bye, 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 bye. Like that. Mm. So they all buy, buy it. Then after two years later, they just say, Hey, sorry guys, we gotta increase the interest rate. Yeah. So this is when trouble happens because when interest rate increase, uh, then bond and interest rate has an inverse relationship. So the value of the bond will go down. So at that point, SVB is already losing money, but it is still fine. So all they need to do is to continue to hold on to those bonds until maturity. Then they will get to redeem back the principal in full plus all the interest that they earn from the bond. So they they are just suffering from a paper loss. Yep. But because people come and do bank run and withdraw their money, and most of their money is already invested in bonds, they got no choice but to sell those bonds and get back the cash to give back to these people who withdraw their money. Mm. So when they sell the bonds, that means they are realizing their loss. So that's why you have all these big losses coming 
up and up and up and up for SVB until a point they cannot tahan and then they just collapse. Yep, that was literally what happened. And but that's still not exciting enough, right? Yeah. So that was last week's story. Yeah. This week's story more chicken. <laughs> so the most chicken part was Credit Suisse. Uh, here's where the background story is, right? Hmm. Um, Credit Suisse is actually the second largest bank in. Swiss. In Switzerland. Yeah, it is the second largest Swiss bank. And yeah. it is such a big bank that is so so involved in the whole world's economy that it's, it has such a great impact. It's not a small bank. And when they were talking about withdrawal from from Credit Suisse in that one day itself, yeah, maybe not one day like in that period, right? Mm. Uh, but you when we look at SVB, it was 42 billion withdrawal, right? For Swiss bank Credit Suisse, we were talking about 120 billion. And that's just last year. This year, yeah. this year don't know yet. Uh. That's just yeah. 130 billion. 130 billion withdrawn from, I think, September to December last year. Yeah. So within three months, 120 You're billion gone. You're talking about a way larger scale bank here. Hmm. Now, so then the question is this. What happened to this so-called one of the world's safest banks? Hmm. Frankie, do you want to share with us? Actually, what happened to Credit Suisse? Who is Credit Suisse? Let's start with that question. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we know that they're ranking number two. We know that they're a big bank and stuff like that. But let's talk about Credit Suisse, hmm. right? Uh, who are their customers? Hmm. What are the scandals that they have been involved? Hmm. Okay, so Credit Suisse, um, how they managed to grow so fast and become one of the world's renowned banks is because they were pretty much involved in more towards investment banking and wealth management. So all their clients are usually high net worth individuals, uh, uh, politically, hmm. uh, what do you call that? PEP. Connected, uh, politically yeah, exposed politically people. Politically exposed people. Uh, these kind of people, uh, all the high profile people, plus all these fund houses, governments and things like that. So uh, because all these people typically when they make, make investment, it's in millions or billions of dollars. So that helped them to grow their asset very quickly, very fast. And uh, and some of these banks is over 100 years old already. So yep. they are a really established uh, financial institution in the world. But lately, I think they just got a little bit too greedy. Maybe they felt that, hey, making 1 billion is too easy. Like, let's just try to make more 10. money. Yeah, let's, let's make more. Let's try to make 10 <laughs> billion. Let's test the market and see whether we can do it or not, right? So they started to go into uh, fancy, fancy investment. Uh, they were involved in the Archigo's case. If you guys do remember the Korean guy who almost- Bill Huang. Yeah, Bill Huang, who, who, who did all the, all the investment in all the telco, communication companies in the US and all these stocks crashed and then the whole family office just went down and brought down a few financial institutions with it. So Credit Suisse was one of it. Um, apart from that, uh, they were also involved in a few other scandals as well. Yeah. So this bank is full of scandals. Mm. And that was the reason why people just think that, hey, you got so many scandals, huh? actually you legit one or not. So, yeah. but I don't care whether you're legit or not. I think I want to protect my money first. So that's why from September to December last year, people say, hey, you go and settle your scandal, I take out my money first. So that's why there were $130 billion was withdrawn from Credit Suisse last year. Yeah. So before that, just to give you uh, a little bit more in-depth understanding of it, right? If you actually look at uh, Credit Suisse uh, scandal records, mm. it's kind of similar to uh, one of the hedge bank, uh, we shall not name names, mm. Yeah, one of the hedge banks that that has a lot of scandal as well. 
Now, mm. it's not that they are bad bang or anything. It's just that they 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 got involved in a lot of scandal mm. uh, from money laundering to yeah, terrorism, to, terrorism yeah. to financing, to uh, high risk backing, you know, like, mm. uh, and then losing money and stuff like that. So people got a little bit jittery about it and people started withdrawing money, mm. yeah, uh, from Credit Suisse. And when people started withdrawing money from Credit Suisse, as usual, don't have enough money. Yeah. So what do they do? They went to the place with the most money. <laughs> the yeah. land of oil. <laughs> the land of oil. So yeah, so basically, wow, suddenly so much money was withdrawn, right? So they got into trouble. They said, oh shit, we need to find money to fill the hole. Where do I get money? So finally, they went around the world to source for new investors to pump in money. And in the end, da, 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 the very country that also helped Malaysia to, to, <laughs> to lose a lot of money, uh, which is uh, Saudi, so they managed to get Saudi National Bank uh, to come in to help them. So Saudi National Bank pumped in money and bought 9.8% stake in Credit Suisse, I think back in August last year. Mm, mm. Uh, after that, so right now, Saudi National Bank is the largest shareholder of Credit Suisse. So technically speaking, Credit Suisse is not a Swiss bank anymore. It's a Saudi bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Saudi bank. Yeah. So what happened is that because during that time, uh, uh, Saudi came in and saved the day for them and they were kind of like fine, right? But yeah. people were already scared. Their share price already started plummeting already. Mm. And this is very important because as a bank, your share price also helps you to, it's kind of like semi-reputation and so collateral at the same time, mm. helps you to actually raise funds and things like that. So it did drop. So their reputation is already about takut-takut mm, already. Yeah, takut-takut, takut, but... Nonetheless, I still have so much money suddenly pump in from Saudi. Correct. So, okay, the dust has settled. Yeah. And number two, let us not forget, you're talking about Swiss bank. Mm. Put it this way, the lowest ranking Swiss bank is still considered a safer bank than any Malaysia bank or anywhere mm. else. Because uh. Swiss bank. Swiss is known for one thing only, banks. Yeah, mm. okay, they say milk and cheese or something like that. That was all right, but mm. never mind. Bank is the number one thing there, right? So, you, you will never expect anything anything on this Swiss bank. But what happened was that because of this whole SVB issue and all these banks slowly collapsing, another round of bank run happened, mm. right? And this time round, they have no money. They try to cover it up the news. They try to be a little bit more sneaky about it. But apparently what happened was that during one of the conferences in uh, Saudi, where the 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 like their kazana kind of chief fella la, right I can't remember what's the name la, right but that guy actually came out and then when they interviewed him and then asked him a question during a normal interview and then just like hey so what about this issue ah? are you mm. gonna pump in more money and they say no mm. I'm not gonna pump in more money right uh and they say that they weren't even sure that when he said that thing that time does he mean that he's pretty confident in the Swiss bank because no, the, actually the, because Credit Suisse actually said a lot of things that oh we are yeah. fine you know everything right yeah so but the world immediately took it as gone. Yeah, because he said a lot of things that you can read between the lines. Right? <laughs> yeah. He said, there are many reasons why we are not going to put more money in Credit Suisse. But let me give you the simplest answer. The simplest answer is that now we are already holding 9.8%. If we cross the 10% level, there are new regulations for us to comply. So at this point, we don't want to comply with those regulations. So we will just stick with 9.8%. Okay. Anyway, the world interpret it as they are not going to pump money. Yeah. They are not willing to commit any further. Immediately, people started withdrawing money like crazy. Yeah. And their share price plummeted. Mm. Uh, and what happened was, 
As usual, whenever a bank at this size were to so-called fall, the first person that will step in will be the national central bank, mm. right? The central bank will be the one that steps in mm. because you need to make sure that 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 it's going to be fine. And you're talking about the second largest bank. If yeah. this falls, it looks very, very, very bad. Mm. And that was immediately swiftly handled by the Swiss government. Central bank came out and said, to protect the Swiss reputation, we will pledge 50 billion mm. to help this bank, right? And mm. okay, la, great, la, standard, la. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, share price shot back up. Everyone made money. Yeah, oh, everyone very happy. happy. You know, like, mm. oh, okay, share price go back up again. And and fair lah. I mean, a government say, come in and step, you, step, step in and help you, right? Mm. Yeah, and that is what it's supposed to be. So immediately the whole world changed. Okay, got hope already. Let's not be fearful. This mm. bank has a turnaround opportunity because they got 50 billion mm. USD, right? Mm. To save them. Now, then here's the best part. Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, they had their internal meetings within the government, mm. within the whole uh, regulators. Yeah. Yeah. And they forced UBS, the number one bank, to buy over Credit Suisse, the number two bank. Mm. Now, usually when you want to make this kind of MMA, MA, right, a merger and acquisition exercise, you need to get shareholders approval. Now, UBS being one of the world's largest banks, <coughs> confirm their shareholder will be from everywhere around the world. So technically speaking, you have to send emails and letters to all these shareholders and say, hey, we're going to call for EGM and the title of the EGM will be, should we acquire uh, Credit Suisse? Yep. And this would take maybe one or two weeks to yep. complete. That's already very fast in one or two weeks that, or so. That is already very fast. Yeah. But what happened during the weekend is that the news came out to say that, okay, me as the Swiss government, now I... Require, now I appoint you and require you to take over Credit Suisse immediately. So it's like no discussion. No discussion. It is just no voting. You have to yeah. buy regardless of whether share agree, shareholder agree or disagree. Mm. Your job is to buy over Credit Suisse now. Mm. But on Friday, they just said we, are, we pledge 50 Yeah, we billion. pledge 50 billion. <laughs> <laughs> then Saturday, they say, I want you to buy over. Mm. No. And, and when they asked them to buy over, number one, they didn't go through any EGM anything. They didn't inform the shelter. Everyone got to find out during the news time. Yeah. That's one thing, right? And what happened was that UBS was like, oh, wow, this is a, a yeah, power why of, you Why uh, you suddenly yeah. shove a dead cat into my throat, right? Yeah, so I'm only going to offer you one billion, man. Mm. Yeah, only one billion. And and at the point, the, the Christ Suisse was still a company valued at about, I think minus everything, still got about eight, eight yeah. or something. Still it. got eight billion. Eight billion or something mm. like that, right? So, but they weren't very happy with it. Right? Of course, lah. I mean, yes, it have dropped so much, but at least you got 8 billion. But now suddenly you say you're going to pay 1 billion. Hey, I'm going so to lose another 7B. You know? And this was the beauty. On Sunday night, I think it was. Mm. Sunday night, right? Mm. Sunday night, an announcement came out again. And this time, they say, okay lah, to make it a sweeter deal for you. Okay, they didn't say make it a sweeter deal. <laughs> yeah, we paraphrase it. Mm. They just said that we will write off the T... The full name is called Additional Tier 1. Mm. So the short name is AT1. Yeah. So yeah. they write off the AT1 bonds mm. of Credit Suisse worth 17 billion. Bonds, uh, bonds. Uh, AT1 bonds worth 17 billion. We wipe it off. So right now, the companies only have less 17 billion of debts. And then UBS say, okay lah, we will buy it at 
Yeah, so they offered more money. And now Credit Suisse settled, no problem already. But this is a very, very, very catastrophic issue. Okay? Mm. Because for those of you who actually studied about finance or know a little bit in, of knowledge in finance, we would learn that bond is safest, one of the safest investments, one-off. Huh? And when it comes to when a company closes that, why, why a bond is safe is because if you buy a bond for a company versus you buy the share of the company, if a company closes down, the first obligation is to pay bondholders. Mm. Then pay all the suppliers and whatnot, right? those kind of stuff. Uh, and then only you pay the shareholders, right? You don't write off a bond. No one writes off a bond. Like, mm. like no, no one. It never happened in history before. No one writes off the bond. There is this thing where like this guy die and then like the bond is still alive just that he dies so he don't pay. Mm. But we don't write off. It is just he die. Mm. Right? Or either he default, right? right? You don't write off. No one writes off a bond. It, it is... Okay, like worst case scenario I've seen before is what we call a haircut. A haircut uh, means, for example, yeah, so uh, Credit Suisse has a 17 billion bond, right? But I'm in trouble, I cannot pay. I only have 7B only, I don't have 17B. So you negotiate, negotiate, they come to a point, I, okay, la, 7B, I take, then I consider settle. La. Mm. So that is called a haircut. That's called a haircut. This one is called shave your head. This one is called shave your head. No, no why, why this is such a crazy thing, right? Is because number one, you're talking about Swiss bank, mm. right? Later, later we'll, we'll definitely talk about yeah, we will what give you Swiss bank is, right? Correct. Why is it this such a big implication that we will talk about it? Because number one, you're talking about Swiss bank, the world's safest bank, mm. right? Number two, you're talking about if you go and study finance, the first chapter 101 bond is one of the safest things. And you just killed these two things in one night. Mm. Immediately, 17 billion worth of bonds are written off overnight and people who invested in these bonds mm. lost all their money. And they were supposed to be the one to be compensated. First, before First, the shareholders. Not the shareholders, but this time you give them 3.7 to buy over, the shareholders are the happy people. Uh, okay, uh, if you forgot the storyline already, remember we said just now, the first offer from UBS was only 1 billion. People not happy. Then after they did that shaving from 1 billion, suddenly now they said, okay, I'm willing to pay 3.7. So shareholders happy, you know. Hey, I suddenly gained 2 300% more, you know. Correct. Mm. But then people who bought the bond, who were supposed to be protected structurally yep. by a regulation and by a system are not protected. And apparently the statement that was issued out was, it's a share, they say. 81 shares. Now, 81 it, shares. Now, there are a lot of word plays here. So, yeah. so maybe we should dive a little bit deeper and, and maybe explain what is 81 and yeah. uh, things like so that. So maybe you want to explain, uh, let's start with the very first thing, right? Mm. Which is Swiss. Why Swiss banking is so important in the world and why is this catastrophic? Because it is from the Swiss government itself. Mm, so yeah. what is the role? You, you are that investment banker who have been in the investment bank, right? So mm. what's the significance of Swiss bank? Well, Swiss bank is, well, we always hear the term uh, Singapore is the Asian Swiss bank, uh, the Asian Swiss financial system, something like that. So what it means is that yeah, because they were so strong in terms of their financial institution, all the financial institution in the world would 
have would use Switzerland as one of their hubs, one of their financial hubs in Europe. Uh, so that is like their their transit center like that. Yep. Similar to how we use Singapore today in Asia. Yeah. So that's why when something bad happens in Switzerland, that means that it could potentially affect not just Europe, but US, Asia, Australia, just everywhere. Mm. It mm. is literally the hub, the, mm. the, the, the place where everything gathers, literally. It's just like Hong Kong, Singapore, like yeah. that. Same. Right. And you're talking about the second largest bank in Swiss. Yeah. Credit Swiss. Okay. You're talking about not, not small bank, it's second largest bank in Swiss. <laughs> right. Now, so that is number one thing. People always invest their money in Switzerland because it is a safe place to invest. You know you will never lose your money even when government want to check. Also, not so easy to check. Mm. So it's like the safe heaven for your money, okay? Now, that's the number one thing. Huh? Number two thing is bond. Okay, so when it comes to bond, there's different kind of ranks of bond, right? There's mm. senior bond, junior bond, uh, 80, uh, mm. 81 and uh, stuff like that. Maybe mm. Frankie, you want to explain to them what is this whole bond thing? What is senior, junior, 81 and stuff like that? Mm, okay, uh, I think let's bring it down to layman level so it's easier to understand, right? So we always like to open Nasi Lemak store, right? <laughs> so let's open Nasi Lemak store again. Okay, so we open Nasi Lemak store. He opens a Nasi Lemak so store. I open a Nasi yeah. Lemak store. So he is the shareholder of the Nasi Lemak store. But this guy got no money, when, right? He only knows how to make the best Nasi Lemak in town. So what he needs to do is to raise money, right? So he goes, so he goes somewhere and says, hey, I want to give you a proposal. I can make the best nasi lemak in town, but I got no money. So what I need is, uh, let's say, $10,000 to uh, start my business. Okay, I have $10,000, I give it to you. Then you go and do business. Okay. You, you lend it to me. Yeah, I lend it to him. He lend me. Yeah, I lend it to him for him to start business. I say borrow. Okay, bad English. Uh, no, it's a gift. Oh, give uh. Oh, give yeah. the shareholder. Eh. Oh, okay, okay. Lend. <laughs> yeah, he lent to me. Lend, yeah. Then I said, I promise to give you back 5% every year. Okay, good. Okay, then from now on, right, regardless whether he make money or he lose money, the agreement says that every year he needs to pay me 5%. And maybe this is a five years loan. So at the end of the five years, you are supposed to give me back the 10,000 as mm. well, right? So in the corporate level, this borrowing between companies, it's called a bond. Mm. So a bond is literally a contract, a contract that says that I am going to lend you money with these terms and conditions, including what is the rate that you have to pay me, what is the maturity date, uh, then uh, what, what is my seniority in that financial structure. Now, mm. what is the seniority of the structure? Now, let's say for example, this I let's say for example, I'm a very risk averse guy. Right? I, I don't like risk one, but I really want to help him. Then he will add in another promise and say, no matter what happens, I will pay the 5% to you first. Ah, so that is safer, right? So in the corporate terms, this safetyness is called senior bond. Senior bond means whenever I get money, I will have to pay the senior bond holders first. Mm. Just like when you get a salary, you give your parents first. Yeah, you give your parents first. Hey, no, so because, <laughs> because they are senior, so you yeah, senior bond. Okay, so after you pay senior bond, then another another lender will be like, hey, I actually want higher return. Uh, and I think your business can make it one. So can I get higher rate or not? So 5% too little, can I get 10% or not? Then you say, like that. 5.2, 10% a bit quite strong. 5.2, 5.2. 5.2, 5.2. Oh, like that. 5.2, uh, 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 can. But 
because 5.2, sometimes a bit hard for me to come up with the 0.2. And somehow I got the 5% that I need to pay earlier, you know. Okay, why not like this? I'll pay the 5% first. If I have any remaining, then I'll pay you. So your risk is higher, ma. And for the risk that you take, I can pay you the 0.2 extra. Okay, mm. fine. Because I like the risk, I'll take it. So mm. this level of bond is called junior bond. So you have senior bond, you have junior bond. Then now it comes to 81. 81, the full name is actually called Contingent Convertible Bonds. Basically just convertible bond, uh, easier convertible to remember. Bonds. Okay, yeah. so this bond is a new product actually. This product was only uh, being born after the 2008 crisis again. So is it mm. everything, so all this crisis, right, is actually recycling itself. Right? It's, it's you solve a problem, but you create a new problem, <laughs> right? So in the 2008 financial crisis, a lot of banks collapse, right? Mm. So tax, so government have to use taxpayers' money to bail out the banks. Then the government say, cannot be like that. This is taxpayers' money. I cannot simply spend to bail out all these people. Okay, so I come up with a new rule to say that you all can raise your own fund call this contingent convertible bonds, whereby you can take this money and keep it as your buffer so that one day if you fall into that 2008 crisis again, you can use this money to save yourself. But when you, save, when you use this money to save yourself means that you're not able to pay back these bondholders already. Ma. So I give this group of investors an option whereby if the day that I cannot repay you the money, I'm going to convert your bond into shares. So this is called a convertible bond. Uh, so there will be a so the risk here is one day I may not have money to pay you, but I will convert your bond into shares. Okay. The point is it is a bond that can be converted into shares. shares yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so that's why when you mentioned that, you know, there's wordplay AT1 shares and all that, this yes. is where the wordplay Correct. comes in. Mm. Uh, so you see, ah, uh, this is the part. So this is the lowest tier of bond, but it's supposed to be safe, you see, because it's a bond. Yeah, that's why it's a bond. Yeah, it is right? still a bond. It's still a bond, right? So it's just that it's convertible, that's all, right? Mm. Yeah, whether it's no money, got money, all these are the uh, conditions that, 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 that definitely depending on the particular thing and so on, right? Different bond may have some sort of a slightly different kind of terms. Yeah. Uh, so the main point is, it is still a bond, but it's the most uh, lowest tier bond, uh, put it this way. Yeah. And generally, this kind of bonds, eh, is who, okay? Usually senior bond and junior bond are bought by very, very big institutions. Yeah, it could be governments. Yeah, government or, are the ones who buy yeah. senior bond, junior bond, uh, or very, very big corporation, yeah, i put it this way. people like big, uh, BlackRock, yeah. Fidelity. Not, they, they not, not normal people, okay? It's not even the normal CEO kind of thing. Mm. Yeah? It's not even like big corporation CEO sometimes, okay? Now, but this convertible bond, eh, you, it, it can be bought by private banking level. So mm. as long as you are rich, you have like maybe a minimum 250,000 bucks, you can get it kind of thing. And, and you're talking about that amount, right? And, and so these people who buy it, they are rich people. They are, they are rich to ultra rich, okay? Mm. Now, but they are not government, they are not institution. It mm. is still my own money usually. Yeah, there are some smaller corporation and so on, but... You're big, but you're not too big, lah. Put it this way. Mm. You're not so big the government will be scared of you, lah. Mm. But you're big, okay? Now, then what happened is they decided to just write off this group of people. Yeah. They just say, "See you, take care, bye bye." Yeah. <laughs> then they write you off. Yeah. Yeah. And then all these people will be like, "Oi, 
you why are you sacrificing us and pay shareholders money? What is this all about? At least convert us into shares, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, you at least convert us into shares, lah, so we get yeah. something, lah, right? Yeah, it, but they didn't. And that's why you're so angry. For me, when we read this in the morning, right, we were like, what? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unprecedented in the world. Yeah, world history never happened before. This how, is the first time. How can you write it off just like that, right? And, and suddenly it feels a little bit more clear, mm. right? Remember who's the larger shareholder? Larger shareholder? Uh, 9.8%. Mm. Yeah. Uh. And you think about it, this larger shareholder, where is their money usually? I think a lot of the money is also in Swiss Bank. La. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, uh, my thoughts are very simple, right? I think we'll leave more time for Q&A definitely. But, yeah. but the point is that how can the Swiss government do that? You literally just kill a bunch of people to sacrifice them for the shareholders and for the senior and junior bond. The senior junior bond is out of picture because they will get paid. Yeah, I mean, for sure. you're doing them right. Yeah, you're yeah. doing them right, right, right? But you just kill this group of people mm. to... And, and it's very smart because this group of people is not big enough that I'm scared of you. Mm. But you're also not poor enough. But fair, I'm ready to lose you right now. Mm. You, you, you get what I mean? It's a bit of a like, whoa. Yeah. And, and the biggest joke here is that it's not that Credit Suisse is defaulting the bond. They can still yeah. pay. <laughs> yeah, Credit Suisse did not default. Yeah. Huh? Did not default. They still continue to service their It is government right Offer. Yeah, the government now, say, hey, you don't so need to pay So then this leads me to the next question, right? Yeah. I thought Swiss banks, Swiss government said, girl pledge 50 billion. Mm. And why over the midnight, over the weekend, you straight away get UBS to take over? Is it because you don't have my money? Ah? Mm. I do not know, mm. right? But this raises a lot of questions. And now this raises a further question is this. Is Swiss bank actually safe anymore? Hmm. Do you think Swiss Bank is still safe then? I don't know, man. <laughs> if I right? know, I think the share market will right. go, go up but, already. But my point is that the hmm. perception of Swiss Bank's repu the reputation of Swiss Bank being the safest bank kind of just destroyed in just that one night. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, that's the point of my question. It's not whether is it really safe, right? Hmm. Yeah. It's not an acquisition or anything, hmm. right? We're not saying that they're not safe. I'm saying that the reputation that they've built over the years to say that they're the safest bank has, is just gone in one night. You are just talking about Credit Suisse, you know. This, this thing, right, got implication to the world globe, the global right. banking system. And if, if, if Swiss bank is not safe enough, then where is safe? That's the question. Mm. So this leads to the next thing where is there any bank that's safe? Kind of having this kind of perception. Is the system okay or not? Like yeah. that. Now, why, why I wanted to tell you all the story of AT1, how it come about after the 2008 crisis is because now, so after the 2008 financial crisis, every bank scared. Ma. So every bank started to build that buffer with AT1 bonds. So all European banks, chances are everyone got or maybe most of them got AT1 bonds. Now you have this AT1 problem there. So what, it, what message it sends to the world is that, okay, now AT1 is not safe. It is a risky yep. asset. Next time, if you want to sell me AT1 bonds again, 
I'm going to ask for 50% interest. Then only I buy. What it means? It means that now in order for bank to raise money, it becomes more expensive. When it becomes more ex expensive, your valuation is going to get, get affected because your margin is smaller. Mm -hmm. So that's why you see after that incident, all the banks in the world just bam, just come down like that. Yep. So that is the problem here. So, so you can see, right? Okay, so overall, there is the, the bond definitely is not as simple, la, but mm. there is more stuff la, like junior, senior, junior, and then there's also those what TLAC, la, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Mm. But, but we didn't want to go into that. The point is not to educate you about bonds, but it's to tell you the quality of bond is supposed to be something that's very safe, right? And right now, just by this very move, you number one, you change the world's understanding of finance, that it just became unsafe. Number two, you just made the safest bank in the world unsafe, mm. then, so what is safe? That becomes a question. Now, yes, ultimately, the whole world system has been running on a standard financial system for a very long time. It's, it's not going to go away, put it this way, right? Mm. But the worst circumstance right now is, yeah, yeah, it could make everyone be afraid of banks and it could collapse the whole system per se, eventually, mm. right? Uh, but those are very far-fetched talk, put it this way. Yeah. There are certain arguments that say that when it comes, it's going to happen so fast that you won't even feel it, you know, and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, but okay, we're not going to go into there. We're not here to spread some doomsday message, right? Although mm. our title is that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's part of a clicking thing, you know, we call mm. it clickbaity. Yeah. So, but yes, it if, if, if that happens, then yeah, it's pretty much a doomsday scenario. Yeah, everyone's going to be very afraid. The last thing that you worry about is where your money is because it's going to be worthless. Mm. Uh, yeah, US dollar, everything is going to go down. But however, on the other hand, you can see US is trying to take this opportunity to make themselves the next safest destination to boost up their USD as well, right? Mm. All these are part of the things that you are, you are going to be looking at in the near future. Uh, but the point that I want to make is it is very, very unfair. And for the first time ever, people's eyes got open that like, wow, is that how you can do this? Because you must think about it, you know, when, when the Swiss government chose to actually, to actually write off this bond, it did not just kill one or two people, it killed a lot of people. Mm. And there are also partners that work with them that also will gonna one. Mm. And imagine, uh, if I am that person, right? I mean, think about it, it's Swiss lah. You think about it, if let's say Swiss government tell me that this company that I've invested in, I will make sure that they won't die. I give them 50 billion. Will you trust them? <laughs> uh, now no more already. Last time, yes, right? Last time, yes. Oh, I mean, 50 last, billion. Okay. Last okay, Friday, so. yes. Yeah, last Friday, yes. That's last why Friday, That's why yes. after they say, okay, I pledged 50 billion. Oh, our market went Correct. up like crazy. Because mm. last Friday, their words still count. And, and they did the most... I would say sly thing mm. where over a weekend, Saturday, Sunday, where no one can do anything about it, they chose those two days yeah. to do something yeah. and change the whole situation around. It is really a like, I, I, I don't know what to say, but like shocked us, mm. shocked us, right? And, and that's why immediately it sent out a message and say that, hey, maybe it's time to move your money in Bitcoin. 
That, that was the thing. Mm. Yeah. And that's the reason why a lot of Bitcoin uh, enthusiasts, especially what we call Bitcoin maximalists in a more specific term, means they only hold Bitcoin, a lot of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is going up. That's why you see this time around the crypto market shooting up, right? Was not all other coins shoot up together. Yeah. Other coins shoot up a little bit, but not crazy. But Bitcoin is shooting up really, really strong. Uh, at this point, it's about 28. Uh, I'm not sure whether it hit higher already. Mm. Yeah, but 28. Uh, and it's stabilized kind of there this this period of time. Uh, why? Because people are starting to see Bitcoin as a new goal. And gold at the same time also hit... Yeah, gold is also right? going up as yeah, well. Go, going, going up, right? Mm. So it's like people are starting to say that, hey, you know what? Let me move my money out of the normal financial system and place it somewhere, right? To be safe. That was, that is actually what's been happening lately. Mm. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to this, those countries that are very much uh, involved in this, more integrated with the banking side of the world, will be more affected. Yep. Namely, company like Singapore, uh, countries like Singapore, Hong mm. Kong, like that, they are, they are more involved, they'll be more affected. Mm. Then now the question is, what are you going to do next to make sure that you can establish the trust again towards the society, for the society, right? Mm. Like, what are you going to do moving ahead to make sure that this is not going to happen? Because as banks find it harder to raise money as well, don't forget, then the question about do they have enough adequate capital mm. comes back into play. Correct. Right? How are they going to raise funds? How are they going to raise funds? Right? Mm. These are all the questions. Now, the lucky thing about Malaysia is that we are quite insulated as a as country. country. Yeah. Uh, what it means is that we are quite shielded. Uh, mm. As in our banking system is a bit... Uh, playing, just, playing on our own. Yeah, correct. We don't play the world outside. Correct. <laughs> this one we learned after the '97 <laughs> crisis. One. Yeah, that's why yeah. Malaysia quite. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like whatever happened outside, our bank still mm. in their own sweet yeah, game. We in yeah. our own bubble. Man. In our own bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that end, I, I thank God for that, right? Mm. Yeah. Singapore, on the other hand, is very diverse. Very diverse. Mm. Very far fetched. Those of you who have a private banking account, you likely actually have it. <laughs> from Singapore as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you get the point. So, the lesson to, before we go into a time of Q&A, because I think people will be dying to ask questions, mm. right? Um, now, firstly, I've already told what I feel about this whole thing, right? And my own personal thoughts. Um, maybe before we go into lessons that we can take away from this, uh, mm. Frankie, you want to share with them, like, what are your thoughts? How shocked were you? Because you are the less emotional person here, usually I'm the one that's very oh, like that, right? <laughs> so uh, maybe you want to share with them like, what are your thoughts about this? And how do you feel about this once you uh, heard this whole news? Okay, uh, since I got no emotion, so my first reaction when I saw the news was immediately, okay, so usually how I digest news is like this. Huh? When I see a headline, right, I roughly can tell what is the direction one, right? Like for example, the Fed increased interest rate by 25 basis points last night. Ah, okay, la, I know it. Today, yes, at the beginning of the day, it was green. I know when I sleep, wake up, it will be red. So it became red, right? So it is this kind of intuition, right? But when I saw that news, Swiss government write off 17 billion bonds. They're like, how is this going to move? <laughs> is it going to go up or go down? Because on one hand, it is good for shareholders. So shareholders happy, the share price is going to go up. But it is bad for the banking system. So it should go down. So I was lost. But luckily, I got no exposure. Lah. But you see, so even I'm not an investor, I was lost. What about people who are invested in it, directly or indirectly? They will be 
like headless chicken, man. Yeah, actually very kasihan. Very kasihan. Because never happened before in... Yeah, imagine your whole livelihood, your whole savings, your whole retirement fund, it's all there. It's all wiped out in one night. Yeah. And, and you were supposed to be invested in something safe. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And somebody is supposed to be safe, correct? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the worst part, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be investing in something safe. Mm. And the person who killed all this and take away this whole thing is the Swiss government. Mm. It's, yeah. it's not even the, the company collapse. It is the Swiss government came out and said, we are going to write it off. Just what can it, you do? You sue them. Uh. How to sue? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. In fact, I heard that there's some class action suit going on. They, they are trying to gather right? uh, yeah. lawyers from around the world and try to make a case. Yeah. Uh. So UK and Europe, all those came out and make statements and said, oh, this is not going to happen to us. We we condemn this move, you know, and stuff like that. Mm. Like. Yeah, but but still, uh, it, it's really one of those things that never before happened in the lifetime of financial history, like, I would say. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it never happened before and, and really no one can expect this at all and you don't even know what to feel, uh, literally. Mm. Now, I felt very unfair for the people and stuff like that. Now, um, is there any lessons to take away in your own opinion? Well, the biggest lesson here is don't put all your money in one basket, no matter what kind of investment you do. Uh, okay, having said that, right? With all this happening, we can't say that we don't invest. But you still have to invest. Correct. So then how? Where to invest like that? Correct. So very importantly is to what I always call build a buffer in your portfolio. When I say build a buffer buffer in a portfolio means make sure a certain portion of your portfolio can generate passive income for you. So that no matter what happens to your portfolio, right, you still at least got that amount of exposure whereby it can continue to pay you passive income. Yes, you may lose here on the top, but this passive income can slowly help you to recover back. Right, so uh, with that, and that's why exactly with what is going on happening around the world in the past few weeks and past few months, um, I actually thought that I want to come up with a dividend investing workshop. Uh, this is a workshop that is going to happen on the 4th or 5th of April, 8 to 10 p.m. on one of these two days. Uh, it is going to be a physical event at our office. Ah, so for the first time, I, we, I, we are very excited because we get to see you guys. Yep. I get to see you guys. Uh, but because our office space is quite limited, so we only can fit around 10 people per session. So to do this, um, yeah, you can see it on the screen right here. You scan the QR code, you register, you fill up the form. And if you are being chosen, then we will contact you to give you more details about the workshop. Yep. So, so basically this one, the main point here is that we, we, we are actually thinking about uh, focusing more on education for this coming year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons is I think the world has changed so much that, wow, <laughs> you kind of need to like relearn a lot of stuff at this point, right? And yeah. you're going to get better at it. So um, we we are actually thinking uh, about experiment, not so much experimenting, but we're going to mm. do some sort of a trial run. We're going to run this beta version with you guys, a new syllabus and new way of doing things to make sure that it's going to be good. Uh, but definitely what we are looking at is we are going to select 10 applicants uh, 10 people only. So, but put in your names because so that give us a base on what kind of people we'll pick and we'll filter through, right? Mm. Uh, and come and join us and meet us. You know, we would love to actually meet and greet y'all, mm. right? So, uh, it's going to be 99 ringgit. Yeah. 
but this 99 ringgit will be returned to you uh, if you attend the the seminar. The, yeah, yeah, basically the it's a commitment fee lah. Correct, a commitment you, fee because we got only ten slots. You know, if you uh, if you sign up already and then you don't come, hi yeah, you just wasted one seat. Yes. So we want right. we so we want you to make that commitment to come. That's right. Yeah. So uh, please fill up the form if let's say you are interested. Uh, we'll see you guys there. All right. Now let's move on <clears throat> to Q and A. What about? Yeah, I think we can do Q and A because I think today's Q and A can be quite long. Yeah, I got a feeling it's gonna mm. be quite long. Okay, let's begin with uh, Jim Wong's first question. Malaysia Bank issue all, all these bond structure as well. Are these all under standard name? Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, a standard yeah, name. pretty much. Yeah, it's a standard name. This, that's why this is a textbook thing. Hmm. It is a textbook thing. You learn it in Finance 101. That's why it is so, so crazy in that hmm. sense. Yeah. Oh, it is not 81 born. Uh. It is 80. Uh. 80. America, Thailand, 1. 81. It stands for Additional Tier 1 Born. Mm. Uh. So, uh, I know it's in their laws that they can write off bond. Uh, mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's why they are now using that, uh, using that uh, card. Law. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So uh, someone is asking, what about our money? Will it be guaranteed by Bank Negara? Yes. Actually, if your money is in the Bank Negara, uh, no Bank Negara, your money is in the bank, any deposits up to 250, not any, but savings deposit up to 250,000 is being guaranteed by uh, bank Negara. PIDM. PIDM. Yeah. Mm. So what happened is that if you are saving your money and you're really scared of this kind of thing, what you want to do is to split out 250, 250, 250. Mm. Uh, that's why you'll notice private banking and the priority banking, they will put like 400,000 minimum put with me kind of thing. And mm. they sometimes will even give you a higher interest. Mm. The reason is to compensate for this risk. Yep. Yeah. So you think yourself, well, if you're not 250, then you cannot get your free parking and priority line, you know. <laughs> uh, not above there, you cannot get all these priority line and stuff like that. But if you if you don't mind not having those priority line, then maybe you put it away. Lo. So mm. then the question is, do you actually have confidence in bank? That would be the main question mm. that you have to ask yourself. Uh? Yeah. Now, based on the inflation data in US, the Fed... Uh, February data is only 6%. We expect interest rate to be reduced. Now, interest rate just increased. Uh, and when we actually talk about the future interest rate, will it reduce or not? Uh, uh, okay, put it this way. Lah. Yesterday's 25 basis point, uh, if you ask anyone about six months ago, everyone would be saying, oh, uh, inflation is still very high. I think by March next year, probably at least you need 50 basis point to, to tame inflation, right? So that was the narrative not too long ago. But because of all these SVB, all these bank runs and what happened to Credit Suisse and all that, every percentage that you increase on the interest rate is going to make damage, more damage to the banking system. But at the same time, they cannot say that I'm, I want to stop increasing interest rate because that is a slap in their own face and say that, you know, previously you say high inflation, I must increase interest rate to tame it. But now you're not taming it while inflation is going up. So what are you trying to say, right? So to balance out these two, that's why last uh, yesterday they, they decided to be moderate. They just increased it by 25 basis point. Mm. If the banking crisis becomes worse 
from now on in the next couple of weeks, there could be a potential that the, the central bank will say, maybe we should stop for a while. But if let's say from now on, it's quite stable, then maybe the banks, okay, let's test the market again. Let's do another 25 and see what happens. Mm. Mm. So that, that could be the scenario. Okay, uh, someone is asking about Japanese currency as well. Uh, yeah, but I got no answer. Why is Japanese currency increasing? Any thoughts? Uh, no, I haven't looked at Japan for quite a while. Okay, the next question is, I'm new to dividend stock. What's the risk for this stock? Uh, oh, the risk is uh, dividend <laughs> comes from stocks. And just now we already said the hierarchy, the seniority of your fund structure, right? So stock shareholders are the last. So if a company goes bankrupt, you, you, you don't even need to think about your dividend. You can still become zero. But it's just that because uh, when we are investing into equities, then the way to protect us and diversify our portfolio is to have a buffer of dividend stocks to keep that passive income keep flowing into your portfolio. In case anything goes wrong, then you can use this dividend to cover your losses. So the next thing is banking saga will settle down when the market stabilizes. When the market corrects itself, for example, interest rate is not so high anymore and the inflation rates stop going up. I, I don't really understand what it means. This banking crisis saga will settle down when the market stabilizes. When market corrects itself, for example, interest rate is not so high anymore. Okay, I don't understand. Um, I think we're gonna rephrase that. Do you understand? Okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, let me read one more time. Eh? Okay. Uh, I think it should be the the other way around. All right. Uh, the 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 banking saga has to settle down. Then only market will stabilize. It's not when, when markets stabilize, then the banking saga will settle down. It should be the other way around. You know what it means by when market correct itself? I, that part I'm not sure. For example, interest rate is not so high anymore and inflation rate. I don't okay, know. Never, never mind. mind. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. But I pretty much, I think I, I address the yeah. concern. How to check whether our local banks will have the same risk like SVB? Uh, I think at this point right now, um, I think at this point right now, I have to say that uh, it's... It, Watch my next video. <laughs> that's the shortest yeah, yeah. answer. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good mm. one. Yeah. But I would say the risk is very low. I'll yeah. just be upfront about that. Huh? Yeah. Is Malaysian bank any risk of a bank run? Low. Low risk. Low mm. risk. Yeah. Low not risk. no risk. Huh? It's low lower, risk. Lower. Not low, lower. Not yeah, no. Low. <laughs> Are you aware that your life is getting interrupted by ads? Uh, I'm not sure. Because uh, I can't watch my own life. Mm. Yeah. I usually watch it with our own account, right? So Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Any more questions? Okay. So before we go, mm. just a quick one. Uh, after all this whole banking crisis, right, all this whole saga going on, Mm. Um, what are your last words for the people before we <laughs> what is my last words I mean like <laughs> like just yeah, yeah, before yeah, we go yeah, right yeah. what do you want to like say to the people right uh, I feel if you are heavily invested in the market no matter in what kind of assets I feel you should think about building up your cash position that means to 
sell some of your stocks or redeem some of your bonds and keep as cash first. Because I think now the safest asset is cash. And nonetheless, you know, if you put in FD, US everyday increase interest rate, you will get more return if you just put your money in FD right now. I think that would be safer for now. And also that kind of money safe in the bank will give you a very good bullet when the market turns. You can buy everything cheap during that time. Oh, I just realized that there's still quite a lot of answer, by the way. Question. Yeah. Uh, but quite a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, Frankie. I think at this point right now, you want to have a very um a very bad safe portfolio. Yeah, you want to have a very safe portfolio. You want to have a safe portfolio. So uh not to say that you totally don't invest, but you want to make sure that what you have in is liquid enough mm. uh, and safe enough. Yeah. So I know the definition of safe right now is being redefined. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you get a point, right? Mm. Mm. Uh, let's see. With current hyperinflation environment, US government inject money to build, uh, to build out the banks. Will it trigger stagflation? No, I think if let's say there's going to be US government injecting money again, it's going to trigger inflation again. Mm. Yeah. No, there's, there's a saying now that the current situation right now, it's kind of like a backdoor quantitative easing. Now, do you, do, do you, do you know the term quantitative easing? It's yeah. printing money, right? But now they're not printing money. Ma. They are tightening the, the money supply by increasing interest rate. But because now banks are in trouble, they, are keep, they keep pledging, pledging money. Oh, sweet Credit Suisse 50 billion, SVB, don't know how many billion, I forgot. Right? All this money are being pledged out. So indirectly, it's also quantitative easing. So if that continues to happen, then yeah, inflation, stagflation, that kind of problem will come. Yeah. So some people are afraid of hyperinflation, in fact. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, one of those uh, crazy, I mean, the, the, the more extreme theory. Yeah. Uh, some say that it's not far <laughs> from a Venezuela kind of uh, mm. inflation, right? Mm. But, well, I think... Uh, I think it's very hard to imagine that uh, and to imagine that is very scary. Lah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I literally had a nightmare yesterday Yeah, when I had this whole discussion with people. Mm. Uh, last one, do you think we are in a recessionary trend? I could feel it, but official data say we haven't. So I don't know. Don't know, man. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely feels like the market is slowing down. Mm. Uh, but never know, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I think literally we are living in a world where we don't know what to trust to a certain yeah. extent at this mm. point. We don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, I mean literally over the weekend when that news came out, right? It's like like <laughs> like, like how uh? <laughs> this like, one how uh? like everything just turned upside down. Mm. You kind of just okay, you know what? Let me just focus on my own stuff first <laughs> before I can wrap my head around this mm. whole thing. Yeah. Uh in our in your opinion, which is the safest safest to invest in the time being? Um, which sector in your opinion is the sector? safest to invest? Um well, when there's a crisis, always go back to basic. What do you mean by go back to basic? Uh we need electricity, we need our telephone, we need to wear clothes, we need to eat. So all these are basics. So all these sectors will be the safest when a crisis hit. Yeah. So just uh just a cautionary uh, 
word as well. Like mm. you guys can also check out like actually during the the was it called PCP? Uh? What's that? The China's yearly conferencing that recently. Oh, uh I can't remember what's the name of the thing. So basically the China, China Annual Conference. Lah. Yeah, basically yeah. they had the China Annual Conference thing yeah. and uh uh now a lot after that whole thing, uh CIA car alert and they are saying that Xi Jinping actually instructed military to be ready to attack Taiwan by 2027. Yeah, and apparently everything is a little bit on the high alert at this point. Mm. So yeah, the world is a bit in a wonky stage at this point. Uh, we definitely hope that's not going to be the case. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think at this point, you want to be safe. That is the main thing there. Yeah, but the thing is, what if things don't happen? Then you just miss out on a mm. very good chance of investing at a low point. Mm. All right? So... I guess that's why you should join us in our education programs. <laughs> <laughs> it's free anyway. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So uh, at least now it's free, lah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I can We also need to make sure that we, we can mm. pay the bills, lah. Huh? Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, no. We should do more proper proper because huh? yes. all these are gonna go into podcasts, podcast. right? <laughs> so I think podcast people listen a bit like yeah. wonky, like yeah. what the hell, man? Yeah. Okay, shouldn't 81 bonds be made out of bank equities instead of funds from external source? Uh, no, the reason is bond is so that you can go for external source. Mm. Yeah. So self-borrowing is no borrowing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So gold. Gold stock, I'd rather buy gold straight away. Uh, railway, uh, okay. Every time the big player get too greedy and went for the risk, it was government to build them out by sacrificing to people. Uh, yeah, I think to a certain extent. Yeah, that's why 81 was born. And now 81 is killing everyone. I mean, 81 was from them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that. Ay, never mind, that's yeah. a whole different story. Okay. Though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think so far, Malaysia regulation quite good. Quite mm. good. Mm. Yeah. We are very strict. Yeah, yeah actually, actually, we are quite good. Yeah. Actually, having said that, it's really. It's really like like as much as you can't believe it, because like we have so many crazy crazy stuff, right? Mm. But our SC and BNM is yeah the worst people to deal with. I tell you, is bank compliance. <laughs> yeah, bank they are, compliance. They are, they are pretty. They good. are very strict. Yeah, they are pretty good. Mm. And and they didn't do. I mean, as compared with like if you look at other countries, they didn't do a lot of funky funky stuff that can that can get you into trouble, you know? Mm. They, they really kind of just stick it there and like follow yeah. this very traditional thing. To a certain extent, I think in other people's eyes, like, why are you so stupid? You all should, you know? So that we can do more. Mm. Uh, but they just, no, no, no. Okay, they also made them less innovative, but... Yeah. But Safe fair. Yeah. Safe uh, Diversification means not putting money in different banks. I mean, invest in bond, equity, properties, and different countries. What are your thoughts? Uh, you are right in every level, yeah. actually. So for your yeah. cash, I think you should diversify in different banks in case one bank falls, you have money in other banks. Uh, for your investment, yeah, invest in bond, equity, property, and in different countries. So you are yeah. right in every level. Even crypto? Yeah. yeah. Just everything, man. Yeah. So... Next question. For Credit Suisse, who are the main holder of AT1 bond? It 
can't be only the South. No, Saudis are not holding the eighty-one bond. Saudi is Saudi a shareholder. Is the shareholder, my they friend. They are not a bondholder. Yeah. Okay. Will it spread to other type of investment vehicle that's invested in CS eighty-one? Other type of investment vehicle. Yes. 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 Mm. Anyone invested in eighty-one bond for uh for Credit Suisse is in trouble. I put it this way. In trouble. Yeah, and it's like buta buta kenala. Mm. Yeah, buta buta kenala. Collateral damage. Literally collateral damage, ah. Yeah, not a good excuse to attack Taiwan. Okay. Uh, do you agree? Malaysian in general is risk averse. We prefer put money in the bank and hence attract scammer. Literally, I think we are quite risk averse until a scammer come and find us. Then we are very greedy suddenly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Malaysia tend to be like everything also. Um, you're you're no talking la, about I don't, dare, I, don't yeah. dare, I don't dare. I don't dare. I don't want to invest. I don't want to. I'd rather keep my money. La. I, yeah, KWSP better. La. And then suddenly one guy come and tell you, don't worry, this one very easy. Everyone can give you 15%. Oh. Then they all will suddenly put their money in. Or oh, either MLM. Mm. Yeah. Then suddenly they'll put their money in. Yeah. Mm. Suddenly they're very gung So I also don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next thing. Please recommend some asset to put in for now in general. Cash, huh? <laughs> <laughs> True, right? True. Yeah. True. Right? You're asking asset, uh, cash is part of the asset, yeah. stock is part of the asset, bond is part of the asset as mm. well. So literally, if you ask me some, the answer is diversify inclusive of crypto. Mm. Yeah. Mm, are you having passive investment, a passive income cost? Uh not really. I, I don't believe in passive income. What? I believe most of the income you have to work for it. So I wouldn't say it's a passive <laughs> income cost. Uh we, we we are having a dividend investing workshop yeah. uh in the coming uh in the coming month. Yeah, we are having that. Uh but it's not a passive income, you need work, you need learn, you need understand. So it's not really a mm. passive income kind of thing. Lah. Mm. Uh, put it this way. Yeah. OCBC deposit is protected by PIDM. Uh, OCBC Malaysia September Hut is protected by PIDM. Yes. yes, that's right. So I believe that's all about it. Mm. We have run through all the questions. Uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you for going through with us in this gloom and dark content today. Uh, Hopefully so next week will be something more cheerful. Uh. Two weeks talking about bank crisis already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully I, next week got yeah, some cheerful yeah, news. We yeah. hope things don't yeah. turn out to be hmm. crazy. La. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so to answer the question about our dividend workshop, uh, the dividend workshop wouldn't be online. Uh, it will be a face-to-face. We're only selecting 10 people for per session. And what we're going to do is that we're going to do a, 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 a beta class. Okay. Hmm. So basically, we are trying on something new, uh, trying on some new ideas, and we want to kind of test run it with uh, some of you to see whether is this solid enough, uh, mm. Does it hit the right spot? Do we explain it well and stuff like that? Mm. So uh, there's a 99 ringgit application fee for it. Uh, we'll select, uh, not application fee. Once you're selected- up. A commitment fee. A commi- Once you're selected, you need to pay a 99 ringgit commitment fee, first come, first serve basis. And uh, if you don't make it, then we won't return that money to you. But if you come over, we'll return that money to you. And uh, for those of you who are wondering, uh, is there- uh, yeah, like, will we charge money for classes in future? Yes, we will. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, because sorry, we need to make money just to let you all know. We are not charity, <clears throat> okay? Yeah. 
But as we all always say this one thing, we believe that personal finance is supposed to be an accessible and affordable uh, education for people. And so we are, our goal is not to charge very expensive for it, right? So we won't go for like 20,000 ringgit masterclass, you know, that kind of stuff. Like. Yeah. That will be, uh, that is a, so far, at least for this year, that's the commitment we make. <laughs> but we have been making this commitment since yeah, we since start. day one. Yeah, so we have not changed it. Mm. Uh, in fact, we try to design every single thing within a thousand, you know, something like that. Yeah, as long as we think it suits within that level where you need to know about finance. Yeah, mm. so, and that's why we work a lot with financial institution because Correct. they help us to subsidize this thing. Correct. Yeah. So if you see us having like certain mid-roll ads or we have like um, marketing stuff with, with certain banks and financial institution, bro. That's how we survive. Don't complain. Because <laughs> that's how we survive and don't charge you $20,000 masterclass. Okay? Mm. Yeah. So that's all about it. Thank right. you very much, guys. See you see guys you. next week. Bye. Bye.